Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Vincent Green. And I'm your host, Noel John Tui. We got Caramac in the back, and this is MDK Presents, Adam Cahill. And sorry, um, so Adam, what, uh, tell the folks who you are and what you do. So I'm a filmmaker, uh, writer, director, producer, editor um, from Dublin. I got my... Jack of all trades. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you kind of have to be in Sinistry when you're starting out. Do you know what I mean? It just saves on saves on the funds when you're doing all the jobs yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why hire when you can learn, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I got my... But I got my... Um, film production degree from the University of Wolverhampton and uh, yeah just been trying to make bits and pieces ever since that was back in 2016 so um, Fall of the Dead was my first feature film that I made directly after that and then I've just been trying to um, make shorts since then and uh, just editing for for other people for for their films and whatnot so doing my best to try and get uh, get on the next rung bit by bit. And what inspired you to become a filmmaker Adam? Uh, a number of things, uh, mostly obviously watching films, uh, massive, massive fan of Lord of the Rings um, when I was younger. So that kind of got me. In. Who isn't? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I find it very strange. Never heard of it. <laughs> I find it very strange when anyone says they watched Lord of the Rings and they didn't like it. And I was like, man, this is like one of the most epic things that's ever happened. I feel uncomfortable. Yeah, no, I feel uncomfortable. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you don't watch, if you watch Lord of the Rings and you're not instantly compelled to watch the appendices as well, then I just, I, I you and I can't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh yeah, I'm just saying. So if somebody said to me, "Hi, you know, I'm a, a, a you know, a trans gay Muslim from blah blah blah," I'd be cool. What are you drinking? <laughs> but if somebody says I don't like Lord of the Rings, I'm like, sorry, you know what, God, where has the time? I did gone? not know where you were going with that for a second, dude. No, but I mean, that's it. You just like come some heavy editing on this episode. I'm sorry, but I was raised in a very conservative film household. Yeah. So Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings got me into into not only the you know into films, but it also got me into um, doing a lot more reading. I wasn't really a big reader until that, and then obviously I wanted to get stuck into Tolkien's books, and um, and that was the biggest influence first of all. And then um, the, when I decided to actually go make my own films was when I saw Signs. I don't know if you've seen M Night Shyamalan's Signs, but I absolutely loved that movie. Mm-hmm. And um, there was something about watching that that made me think it was so simple and so subtle and yet that you know the there was so much tension and so and uh, an incredibly well-crafted story i was like you know what i think i'd actually like to give this a go and um i I got into filmmaking initially because i wanted to act in my own stuff but once i then was making my end of year project in my final year of um of college i um i i had the opportunity to write something that i then had I, i built a set for and then i had actors you know, performing things that didn't exist until I wrote them only a few days earlier. And I was like, this is amazing. This is much better than being in front of the camera. So yeah, that's kind of, I got the book then and just wanted to do that ever since. It's funny, we were talking to uh, Mark Scheffler of Last House on the Left, and he said something quite similar to that, that, you know, like he, he had the view of being here, but he found what was going on behind the camera to just be so fascinating and so interesting that he just wanted to be there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you do. It's kind of as you go. I have one question. I suppose it's very superfluous. So I'll just throw it out of the way early. How did you get that amazing shot from the top of a Connell Street of the zombie attack without a load of lads coming by going? Where? <laughs> I just I was looking at it. I was going, how did you do it? This is like three o'clock in the morning on a Monday. Dude, you nailed February. it. You nailed it. You nailed it. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. It was yeah. It was four o'clock on a Monday morning, and yeah. That, absolutely dead the only we we had one it was it was so annoying we had one man 
there's there's a block of apartments just at the end of that road across the way from the Garden of Remembrance, and there was a, a, when at one stage when I used to live in ah, one. Okay, okay. If that doesn't blow your mind. <laughs> I used to live in one. I hope it wasn't you that I'm about to talk about. But uh, the, uh, no, I was saying, <laughs> unless you shot it in 2005, I think we're saying. No, it wasn't that far right. But yeah, a guy. We, we obviously had to do quite a number of takes of of that shot, and um, the fact that um, that we were making a little bit of noise at one stage, a guy came out and opened his front door and just stood there like this, watching us from across the way and i was like i can't get this shot again if he doesn't go in so i stormed <laughs> over to him and everyone else was behind me going adam leave him alone please please don't cause a scene but i was calm and cordial and, and he went away so we were able to get what we wanted. drop kicked in the knees <laughs> <laughs> i would have convinced him that was a real zombie apocalypse <laughs> 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 don't you see what's happening fool <laughs> the end is nigh <laughs> yeah. can, can i tell you what the can i ask what the like this was uh, at some stage this was absolutely nothing and then it was a, a spark and that's spark. did you just was you were you were you a zombie guy or was it like what you're saying about science where you were like you know what this idea I it, 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 it's it, it's expansive but i think i could shoot it in inside of a bubble really well mm. uh, um is was it that or was it just that like how did how did this fall into the way that it ended up was totally different from the way that it started to be honest so like initially it was actually a short film and it wasn't written by me at all it was um the lead actor in the film luke corcoran he's also a writer he's a playwright but he came to me um after seeing one of my short films and he was like adam that looked unreal can can we talk about um uh but maybe doing something together i said yeah no problem so we met Name dropped the film, dude. Uh, it, Iner the Inertia. It was the my my end of uh, it was my yeah end of year film when I finished up in uh, Wolverhampton. Um, he was acting in one of the other films at the, the end of year show, and so he saw the film in the cinema and thought it was class. So I was like, oh, thanks very much. So we ended, we ended up uh, meeting up for a coffee anyway, and he handed me this. Um, tw I think it was maybe 15, 20 page zombie short. It just it was called Crack of the Dead. Uh, at the time and and so he, he pitched the idea to me and I read it obviously and and we um yeah we discussed um you know just doing it doing it for a bit of fun because it was definitely very very comedy centered um but we were it was, it was supposed to be shot in Dublin um exclusively and then when we had a few issues with getting location sorted um because we were meant to shoot it in his apartment and then he ended up having to move out and move somewhere else so we um I, I said look while we're kind of on hiatus with this thing can i just take it because i was obsessed with the idea of irish millennials dealing with the zombie apocalypse because we'd seen the gen xers with Shaun of the dead and we'd seen the previous generations with romero and i was like okay now what, what would irish millennials do in this situation and i really gripped me for whatever reason and I said, let me just go away and work on the script. And he said, yeah, no problem. So when I came back to him, I was like, there's a hundred page script now and we're shooting it in the countryside. <laughs> so um, I just felt like it made an awful lot more sense to shoot it away from, so we have Dublin goes into chaos. Everything is destroyed. There's a blackout. We don't know what's going on. So the millennials are like, well, is it fake news? Is it just a load of viral videos yeah, that are not, yeah. do you know what I mean? So they're not taking it seriously. It's Pure somebody apathy. doing it for, yeah, they're going to get like, 10 million views yeah, on YouTube you and because that's true you're absolutely spot yeah. on you are spot on because even the character I've got the characters um, here on my on my top by the way but even I, you know what I, I, I was going to get to it but <laughs> it took me a minute to cop it but I was just like there <laughs> the, yeah, girl, yeah. this girl here Liv um, she's obviously the the um celebrity wannabe on in the film and and, yes. and she really encompasses that you know do you know what I mean because that, that's what like everybody is just thinking is it going to be is it literally just um, wannabe, uh, you know, viral videos kind of that are, that are uh, being put out there? And she represents the idea in her own circle that this is what 
you know, she's going to turn this opportunity into into an into she's going to turn this crisis into an opportunity for her to become a celebrity. So, which is what yeah. people do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. it which made is, the most sense to do that. I, I I found this film to be very, you know, of course it was very lighthearted and it had heavy moments, and I think that's that's always what I love in a zombie yeah. film. It's never going to be the most bleak film mm-hmm. ever. But it's also mm. not going to be, it's not going to lift your mm. spirits. Even Shaun of the Dead had that horrible moment where his stepfather started to die and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. It actually did have moments of bravery. So you, so you did that really well. But I, um, I, I remember thinking at the same time, all of the horrible, most horrible stuff I've seen on the internet is somebody running up to a car crash and filming it and saying, oh my God, y'all, you're not going to believe what mm. happened. And you're thinking, this is actually, this is real life suffering. Yeah. And I thought... I thought that would like when you were talking about trying to get the millennial approach. Yeah. That much you've nailed. That's not even a compliment. That's just a mm. straight statement. No, thanks, fact, I appreciate that. Yeah. That, that much you abs- In fact, the fact that they weren't all doing it. Yeah, it would have been. It would just would have been a very kind of one note movie if they were all. Doing yeah, the yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was it? Did it uh, go to plan? Was it? Because like you said, it, it just sounds like you've moved from, let's say, an original concept in Dublin down to the countryside. Did it all go to plan after that or was it like, was it a stop start? It, it felt very smooth, but was because you never know what it's like, the stress of making a film. Yeah. I just got to enjoy it. <laughs> mm. how, like Jaws. How, like Jaws, yeah. You know, people yeah. talk about the absolute nightmare that that film actually was. Was, was no, this okay? You know Once what, you got your crew and your guys together, did it go, did it go it, well? The actual production was incredibly smooth. Um, it was the post-production where we ended up having um, a bit some kind of a hell of a time to be honest but the the production itself we decided you know, the big zombie horde scene at the very end of the film we shot that in the first two days of filming and once we, once that was out of the way it was like okay it's clear sailing from here because you know it's it, it obviously it's kind of um the, the 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 majority of the start of the film is just the suspense and the comedy and it's all it, that was all very easy to shoot it's all very low-key very few very few um um, actors on set, not you know, there, it wasn't um, there wasn't anything too frantic, and it was only that initial first two days where we were like, right, look, well, let's get this done because if we fail at this, it's not going to work, and we you know we need this scene, <laughs> so we shot that in the you know over the first two days, and then it was like, yeah, no, we we nailed it, we nailed the hardest part, the rest of it is is, is a breeze, and it was literally only in post production then where it kind of we had um, we had some issues. Um, you tempted the gods, man. You, you said, no, mm. this is going to be clear sailing from here on out. God himself couldn't sink yeah. this ship. The, we, I, I, I didn't anticipate how difficult the post-production was going to be, and therefore I didn't set enough of the budget aside for post-production. And then I ended up having to, because it was self-funded, um, I, I ended up having to then spend time earning more money to be able to come back to it and go, okay, we're going to, you know, we can finish it off now, which was a pain because having shot it in 2017 to now only be releasing it in 2021 is um it was heartbreaking because i felt like the, the the worst part of it was that i felt like a lot of the cast and crew had almost kind of moved on to something else you know and not kind of that their love for it had waned and it wasn't until we started kind of winning at festivals that they were like oh wow people actually love this film and then you know they're getting back into it again yeah that must have been a nice yeah. feeling but the, yeah. the devastating thing about that again uh-huh. was we couldn't go to any of the festivals you know because of the COVID situation um most of the festivals went online and they weren't physical. Mm. And then the, the physical ones are now mostly saying you need to have your, your vaccine passport. Exactly how we saw it. Yeah, like, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, with the Waterford Film Festival, that was completely this. Yeah, yeah, well. a lot of them are doing that. And I hope that doesn't stick because it's just not right to be, you know, to be paying 
that kind of money to be submitting your film and then you know for, for it all to be done online i think is not... well i i used to go to the um not to go too off topic because i know we don't have a terrible <laughs> time but i went to the horror so off topic in the, yeah yeah <laughs> but i went to the if 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 ifc whatever it was in mm -hmm. dublin Horaton festivals for maybe 10 years in a row or or 10 out of 12 years or something and it was being yeah. there that i loved yeah. like, i loved the films I, I to be honest which i had seen a lot of films like predator was one of the films gremlins was right. one of the films but some mm. but like it was being there and that's what's great it's to see these projects that that uh these, these to, to meet the creators and the meet the creators opportunities and, and just see people are starting out yeah and people are kind of using what they have available mm. to them which isn't Miramax or something like that and still been able to make these wonderful yeah. stories and interact and blend with people yeah you're right I hope it doesn't stick myself I really 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 do yeah so please God going into 2022 now things will change a little bit so yeah. Adam Adam um, uh, one thing uh, I noticed because you, you you kind of started off you said this is your first feature movie and yeah. stuff that you yeah, and it was in the horror genre and one thing I always said about the horror genre is if there's any genre that kind of ingratiates itself to lower budget movies of all of them is horror more than anything because our fan with, with fans we're like I'm a horror nothing so is Noel but we don't care about the budget we just want to hear the story or see the story and sometimes the budget's not there or whatever we still appreciate the story itself and is that one of the reasons you picked horror or is it just because you fell in love with the story like you mentioned a moment yeah, ago. Yeah, it was literally just because I was, I, it's ne it's never, um, it's not the, I love making genre movies, I'll always make genre movies, but it's not necessarily going to be horror. It was literally, that just was happenstance because of the, the film that Luke Corcoran had already um, pitched to me, you know? So like, I'd be happy to do horror again, um, but it's genre, genre movies that really kind of um, mean something to me. And also just, it needs to, I need to, it's the theme. What, what what's the message of the film? What am I trying to say with this film? So that's mm. when it, it was when it, when it was mm. called Crack of the Dead. It was just a bit of crack. Whereas when I turned it into a feature, it was like, oh no, I, I, this means something to me now. I'm not just doing it for the fun of it and to have another film as part of my portfolio. Yeah. But this is going to be this is my baby now for the next at least a few years. Because um, yeah, it, it really does. It means something. So yeah, the the fact that it was horror. It, it it helped in the sense that yeah it's you're right it's it's much much easier to do than other things like i want to do a, a western an irish western the first irish western <laughs> out somewhere in galway um and it's but it's like a, a dystopian cowboyos cowboyos yeah. you're welcome i'll send but um yeah so like yeah it, it, that one's going to be a bit more difficult you know because there's going to be a lot of gunfire and, and whatnot so it's not quite as easy to do Hot. keep alec baldwin off your set keep uh, yeah. oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Need to... yeah i said it <laughs> i said it what what <laughs> yeah it's definitely going to be uh, BB guns of myself for sure. <laughs> but, do you feel do you feel emboldened by the fact that this film actually did have a lot of success and it actually did pick up all this, especially with all the work you put into it? Yeah. And you kind of take because I'm sure I'm, I'd imagine, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but I imagine like you said to 2017, I'd imagine somewhere in late 2018, early 2019, it could be kind of like a bit despondent yeah. that this was something you poured your heart and soul is my baby to use your words yeah. um and then to see it come back to life does this make you think like yeah okay it's a long road it's a struggle but yeah i'm doing this yeah well the, the, did you feel emboldened for bigger projects oh yeah or did you think i need to pull back no i i definitely um i i was never 
for me, it was never like a, a sinking ship because I was constantly working on it, even when um, even when we, I had to, to sit around waiting for funding for the post-production, I was the editor. So I was always making little tweaks and doing things and um, working on the promotional aspect. And there's always something to be done um, on my end. But it was, the, the you know, the, the cast and crew that I felt, um, you know, they might have been a bit disappointed that they're waiting so long to see it come out. Um, but no, yeah, like the... It definitely gave me a massive lift when we won our first uh, our first ever award, which was the Kerry International Film Festival. Um, the fact that it was a it was our home country. Do you know what I mean? It, 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 sometimes you, you kind of get you know there's a um, what is that? There's a, 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 bibl a biblical maxim that says um, you can't be a prophet in your own home. So you, you know you might you might get success abroad um, before people at home start to recognize you. Do you know what I mean? But um, our very of first course. bit of success was in Kerry, and I'm massively indebted to them for that. Um, and we didn't we weren't sure whether we were gonna gonna win, you know. Um, but the fact that we, when that, that was announced, um, I gotta say, like I did shed a tear. And um, from then on, obviously, it went from strength to strength. And now that we're going into the new year, we're already um, incredibly grateful to be going into the Dublin International Comedy Film Festival. Um, that's another, you know, it, 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 it's a blessing for us to be part of that competition for the fact that we're or that um, festival because again it's 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 ireland you know it's irish people i want to make not just genre films i want to make irish genre oh this films. was an irish i was watching this with my fiance and so many it was i think it was her that said to me uh she was going that was funnier because we're irish <laughs> and there's something we i can't i can't give you the examples yeah but she goes that's from fun. the country as well yeah it was just like that absolute idiocy she said that it's a special kind of irish idiocy you know what i mean there's stupid people everywhere but there's a you know there's your own blend of stupid and uh, you know uh and, it has to be tagged every tagged every that she's talking about there you yeah. go yeah she goes that's yeah. just it that's you know who that reminds me of yes him and yeah she was like you know who that remind me of and she you know not to name drop but she'd be like yeah and you're like you know what our, the, our particular gobshite yeah I could totally see. like if we were in a zombie apocalypse I, I have like you know I'd like to think I'd be the, the level headed one we all do not that they're not yeah we like but we're not like, you know. we're all Rick Grimes in our heads yeah yeah we're all Rick Grimes in our heads but I like that I like that and I I also think I also think that when it comes to making something that's for, mostly funny I think you've really if you can't drop into something that's a bit dark because you want to touch upon the actual horror of it and not completely like I, um, I always use Transformers the second Transformers it was a complete joke of a film and then when they Great tried horror. to have yeah then when they tried to introduce brevity at, at it was a joke yeah. because the film hadn't earned it I, I, I think when when um there is not to spoil, but there, there is a lost life. <laughs> kind of, Michael Bay's my that movie for yeah, him. yeah, yeah. But no, no, but no. I'm talking about his two thirds of the way in. There's a death. You actually felt it. It actually had weight, mm -hmm. and I think that's great because even with comedy, you can make people care about characters. Yeah, yeah. that's what I, I, that's I wanted all to you, find. I, it's all you need to yeah. do. Yeah, there were there were. I definitely had to kind of juggle that in terms of writing the script, but then also just in terms of separating the characters, because it's it tends to be like you know, so obviously like the Chi, this guy here is obviously like just pure comedy central. There's not there's nothing else going on in his head other yeah, than yeah, making yeah. people laugh. <laughs> and then I find like obviously Jay kind of has a mix of he mixes in with the comedy and the drama, and then these two are just pure. He's the innocent, yeah. I would say, like the closest to a pure, yeah, you know, innocent. Yeah. Yeah, he um, and then, so he's able to walk that line, 
um and yeah. then with a lot of the, the other characters there's like Rob, robbie obviously being the protagonist and then the kind of the, the women in his life it's all the women in his life he has some sort of kind of uh responsibility to that he's not living up to and then that creates the uh a lot of where the uh where the emotion comes from so i think it's just making sure that you that you identify you know which characters are doing what role in the film um but i also think that um I don't know how much this kind of would have caught your attention, but um, Stephen McKenna is the name of the um, music composer for the film. And he did, I think he did an incredible job at being able to change the emotion of the scene with the music. You know, there were times where the music made the scary scenes scarier, the funny scenes funnier, and the heartwarming scenes or the heartbreaking scenes more effective as well. Um, so I was very fortunate with, with, with the performances and with the, the guys in post-production, they were able to elevate that as well as just trying to get it there on the script too. It takes a village. Yeah, it's totally. Cool. It it's really, such a, it's a, it it's really such a collaborative uh, art form. I could sit at home and write a novel by myself and then it would all be on my shoulders, but you really got to make sure that your team are solid when you're making the movie. Yeah. We've and, been accused. Um, Sorry, Ben, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, because um, uh, you mentioned the, the music and the relationship that the soundtrack and the score has with what the events that are being depicted in the movie itself. And we've seen with some of the greatest classics of all time, like, you know, Jaws, yeah. Halloween, The Thing. Um, uh, do you find, like, were you, did you have a lot of input in that process? Because, like, do you find that to be important? Like, the way a John Carpenter or a Spielberg or someone would use the score to set the tone in absence of a budget or a special effect or something? Yeah. Yeah, my first love was music. I, I wanted to be a singer when I was when I was a kid, when I was growing up. So, and I wasn't until I kind of when I got a bit older. Born I, to perform, man. I, yeah, well, I, definitely, definitely. The, <laughs> I'm an artist and nothing else. I'm useless at absolutely everything else. But um, mm. so, like, music is incredibly important to me. Um, so I was all I did have a, a very big input on it in terms of I basically told Stephen, this is where I want the music. I I wherever I felt like the music was necessary, I told him like this is where exactly from second to second where I want the music to start and finish for every scene. And then I said, I yeah. want a love theme. I want a zombie theme and I want a vigilante theme. And then I let him do his thing then in terms of actually creating the themes, um, fitting them yeah. in where they needed to be. Um, and then when, when once he had it finished, I sat down with him and, um, and I, I might've had him kind of, I said, okay, well, this one's a little bit too busy. So maybe remove some of the instruments or this one here, give it a little bit more of something. Cause it maybe it's a little bit, it goes on a little bit long without changing any beats, but it was mostly like, yeah. I was in love with everything he gave me though, especially, especially the love theme. I would, he gave me, he, he, he played the, the, the version that's in the film. He played for me um, first. And then I was like, this is amazing. And then he goes, okay, but I've got a few more bits and pieces. And he, listened, he played everything else. And I was like, no, the first one. I'm just in love with the first one. <laughs> I knew what I wanted right away. I was like, no, this is it. So yeah. I'm gonna stick with that. And um, yeah, so. So that was all original, all original all music. It. Yeah, it's available. I'm pretty sure it's available wow. to hear on SoundCloud as well. Uh, it's either Stephen McKenna or Driven Pictures, D-O-R-V-N Pictures. It's one or the other, but I'm pretty sure it's available, yeah. Wow, that, that that's actually an extra layer. You know, I say again, like, it's not like I know how to make a movie from start to finish, but when you're making on a budget, I would, I don't know, like, whatever, try and express the music in certain ways yeah. from certain things that are available. But but there was somebody there actually doing it. And I think it's cool that you gave him a shout out as well, because me and Vinny have been accused by Carol, as we call yeah. him, the man in the back, of the one aspect that we never dive into enough is the fact that the music the Foley sets work. the tempo. Right, okay, yeah. Mm. And... And this is another example of it because you end up enjoying you don't realize how much it's affecting yeah. you 
mm. because you because you're stimulated by the dialogue and what the action. Yeah. Uh, but you're absolutely right. If you get the music right, it can it, it carries. It literally carry the sets the tone. Yeah. Literally well, it sets yeah, the tone in a like, very yeah. very real yeah. way. And the sound tends to be so the unsung hero. Um, you know, like yeah. everyone is captivated by really amazing visuals because it's like it's right in front of you, and you're just it's it's uh it's undeniable. It's you know it's unsuppressible. Mm. But the if it, but, it shouldn't be called a score if you don't get any credit. Good music and good sound design tends to be like if if you're noticing it, it's probably doing something wrong. You know, yeah. it's yeah. So it's kind of flying under the radar a lot of the time. So yeah, should be interwoven into the scene, shouldn't it? Like, <laughs> so little, little caption at the bottom. Yeah. Do you notice the music here? This is amazing, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so good. Or just like yeah, a, an actor for absolutely no reason. I just feel like just very tense music, <laughs> but, but beautiful and and noteworthy. <laughs> oh, zombies! <laughs> How did you? And this is something that I'm asking for selfish reasons because you know. I'd like to make someday make a movie myself. Um, how did the viol- How easy, difficult, whatever is it to pull off a scene with actual viscera, violence, blood, exposure? Your like, how how would one approach that? On on on. Uh, what, what what advice would you give to a greenhorn? Is what I'm asking. Uh it's again the, the the I was very very fortunate to have a lot of really talented people working with me. So you've got to, it's got to be a combination of your actors selling the selling the whatever shot it is you're trying to get um and that goes i'm I'm thinking of the the baton scene for example that's the one that that, that comes to yeah so you really have to have like you i've started reading comic books recently to get better at that because you've got to think about it in terms of the framing like what's in in the image what's in the next image so to sell that shot you know that you've got to be over the you know behind the person that's swinging the bat so you know that the, like, someone is not actually getting hit in the face but it's got to look like it so it's like the like mm. learning how to, to make sure that you've got your storyboard where the frames are very very particular to, to pull off you know you, you're going from this shot to this shot and it really looks like that's just happened um yeah it's a lot it's knowing as a director i still have to know what i want my cinematographer to do how to how to sell particular actions so and again, it, it does come down to the actors as well because if, the, if those actors couldn't, if 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 Christina Ryan couldn't swing yeah. swing the bat and if um, Mary Pat Maloney couldn't take a dive, then you know that that wouldn't have worked. So it's 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 that it's the it's the um, the makeup artist Patricia. Um, our our, our uh, makeup artist was from Poland. She's absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, being able to pull off it was excellent. It was excellent work on the that. blood splatters yeah, and all really, that. Really was. It's incredibly important in the zombie movie yeah. too, the the makeup, the look of the undead themselves. Yeah, like. and to, to sell to sell the kind of any of the any of the impacts that we had, Patricia would have done the makeup for the scene obviously ahead of time. Then we're shooting the scene, and at, at, there were certain points where we're like, okay, we need to we didn't need to look like there's blood spraying here. So she's just walking around the set with a bottle, a squirt bottle with blood in it, <laughs> and we're like, okay, this, this, we need to get blood all over this person's face in the shot while they're moving. Like, okay, no problem. So she's standing next to the camera like this. And then as soon as the person, really? yeah, yeah. Soon, See, this is what I love. That is so simple. Yeah, it's, you yeah. know, I was expecting, you know, like all oh, we use like ballistic gel. Yeah, had, no, 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 no. Yeah. So as soon as, soon as someone is swinging a bat, we just have her off screen, just and she's getting you know what I mean? like, simple as you don't, you know, you don't don't overcomplicate these things. But this yeah. is the thing. I, I think there's. I always talk about like there's stuff that happens off camera, and then there's stuff that happens on camera and then there's stuff that's i think is in between and that is a um 
where you're you're like you said, like the perspective mm. is her coming down. Mm. But to say, but there's heft. It looks like she's hitting something with heft, and as it's coming up, there's that 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 arterial spray or whatever you want to call yeah. it. And uh, and even though what I'm seeing is not grotesque, like if if a child saw it, they mightn't even understand yeah. it. It's not like really down in the in in, in the dirt. But, it's implied uh, gore, yeah. but it's implied gore. But it's very. It has an effect even on mm. on uh, like you know seasoned people like me and Vina. I'm thinking, well, this is a this is a gore scene. Yeah, well, it, it really really when is. You, even when you get to the edit, there's things that you can do to improve the impact of those things as well. So, for example, I learned from. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Kingsman. Um, I can't remember something. Vaughn is the name of the the director. Matthew, Matthew Vaughn. Vaughn. I and I like. I'm always if I'm not making films, I'm studying films. And so this guy, um, I, I learned from him that when you're in the edit, if you want an impact to sell, obviously a film is just a load of still images pieced together and they're just being played at a certain frames per second. So if you've got a shot where the bat is coming here, 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 right before it hits the head. So let's say it's coming down towards my head now, right as it gets to here, cut out this frame and this frame and go straight into the next one. And it seems way more impactful when you get when it gets the smack. And it, so it's almost like it accelerates. Yeah, exactly. Then when you get to this point, it it's almost so like actually accelerates. Like boom! When when you remove those last two frames, so that's see that's the thing I learned. That's, that's something I learned. <laughs> We're lying. This is actually never going live. We're just trying to get a class. <laughs> <laughs> Free tutelage. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so there's like there's, there's all but, uh, sorts of like from 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 beginning to end, there's so many different things you can tweak to to improve those those kinds of things. So that's what it, it uh, did. You is this something you'd know on your next project? What did this film teach you? Like, okay, you you made a film. It was very successful. We we loved it. Well Thank done. You so much. What obviously if, because you learn mm. and you grow, like you said, post production versus this, moving it from Dublin to here. If you were to make this film right now. You just let's just say that it never happened, but somebody downloaded what happened into your brain it only exists with yeah. you. What would you have done different? Like, would, would it have been um, things that you spent money on that you could probably have tweaked earlier or post production could have made look better and saved it for then, or or even just have more money to start with? Or like, if you had to make the movie again because it was lost to time, mm. what would you do? Uh, well, the budget is definitely something I would, I, I know, I guess the, the production side of things, uh, being a producer, I know way more about what, what way I should allocate things at, at this point. So um, making sure that you, that your budget is, is accounting for post-production and for marketing afterwards, you know, promotions and stuff like that. That's incredibly important. So that's, that's the biggest one, because as far as follow the dead, as it is at the moment, when I watch that movie, there are maybe one or two things that I would change, but I'm pretty happy with the way that it turned out. So I, you know, it... hashtag release the kale <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even notice the things that I would change. <laughs> Wait a minute, was that baton slightly slower that time? <laughs> Forty-six extra minutes. <laughs> I just felt like there was two extra. <laughs> <laughs> this is brutal. <laughs> <laughs> so like 
like if I, I'm happy with the way things turned out because as it is, I, you know, I think that the movie did end up getting released at the exact point where it should have been released. To be honest, because you know it's been released during a pandemic, it's more, it's actually more accessible for a lot of people right now than it would be yeah. uh, otherwise. So more I'm more relevant too. Yeah, I do think it's more relevant, and um, so I'm happy with the way it turned out. But definitely in terms of a, a lesson, yeah, the the biggest thing for me is as a producer how to budget. In terms of um, in terms of directing. I would say that you, what I, what I'm, every single time that you make a movie, and I can say this because I've also made a lot of shorts as well, but you get braver. You're willing to attempt things that you wouldn't have attempted mm. before. And so what I learned from Follow the Dead, as I said, those first two days on set, we're like, okay, this is the stuff that needs to work. And if, and if we fail at this, then it, we're done, we're toast because we have no ending. That, you know, the third act is just butchered. So we had to pull that off. And we pulled off something that I didn't know I was capable of because we're out two o'clock in the morning in the middle of a field in Forban with 30 to 40 extras, loads of cast and crew. There's floodlights in the middle of this field that you can't see that have to light up the whole place. There's a smoke machine going off. There was like, it was mad. It was the biggest thing to, to date that I've ever done in terms of like actual production size. And and I didn't know that I could do it. It was, we were, we were just going to try something. We're giving it a go. And so I pushed the boundaries of what I'm capable of by doing that and it's still in the movie so going into the next film i do the same thing if i felt like okay i'm not sure if i can pull this off i'm gonna try i'm gonna do it even yeah. though i think it might push just be like i'm i was at this level i'm at this level now i won't get to the next level if i don't push myself so it's it's literally about being brave attempting the thing that you don't you're not sure if you're capable of but you'll know when you're done. In terms of like shooting a horde scene, did you go back? You said when you're not uh, making movies, you're studying movies. Like, did you go back and did you look at your contemporaries or the classics and look at how horde scenes are portrayed in like the Shaun Dead, The Walking Dead? Like, you know, maybe 28 days later to a lesser degree because that's less about hordes, even though there is that tunnel scene. But like, did you go back and look at movies that exist and look at how they shoot horde scenes for inspiration? Yeah, I watched Night of the Living Dead. I, wa I, I was already a massive Edgar Wright fan anyway, so I'd seen Shaun of the Dead so many times. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I had, and then 28 day, eight days later, I love as well. Even 28 weeks later, I know it's not as acclaimed, but I, th I do think, still think it's a very good movie. So, yeah, I, you know, those very intense movies. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think that um, I ha I did have that kind of back catalog in my head going into it, but I, but yes, I did rewatch. I rewatched re a few of them just to kind of be sure that I was on the right track with what I was writing. Yeah. And did you, what did you use drones and shit um, when you were when you were like uh, shooting hordes or what way did you shoot? We did, use, we did use drones, but unfortunately that was one of the things that kind of failed because um, like it, that was all shot handheld. Everything like our our cinematographer, Stephen Walsh, absolutely incredible cinematographer. Um, he's just running around with uh, with an easy rig and you know, his uh, black magic camera <laughs> um, getting all the shots. Like he's just, he was a tank. He was a one man film crew by himself. Um, so shout out to him. But um, we did have drone shots as well, but it, because You've got to light scenes differently for drone shots than you do for the stuff that's down on the ground, you know? So um, it, they didn't really kind of come out very well. Because of the angle, yeah. is it? Because it's above exactly. the lights. Yeah, so it just didn't, it yeah. didn't, they didn't turn out very well at all. So unfortunately they weren't usable. Um, we did end up using a couple of them 
in the behind the scenes documentary. We just just threw them in there so that they were they were useful in some way. <laughs> but in the film, no, they weren't they weren't good enough, you know. But I mean, that's like, that's just a lesson learned. Uh, having it and not needing it is better yeah. than needing it and not exactly. having it. You have to try. I'm sure you have to try a lot of things. Yeah. This once again comes to pushing your boundaries. Yeah. Like now you know how to do a drone shot better for the next time you want to use it, isn't it? It's yeah. all learning on the job. Like. Exactly. And I mean, I know that I wanted some drone shots in there that aren't in there, but I don't think anybody else watching the film is thinking, you know, this could use some drone shots. You know, like, I, I, you know, <laughs> Speak for yourself. I was just sitting there. Could have been done with a drone shot. Could have been done with a drone shot. This is a bullshit. It's not done with a drone shot. All your notes on the movie just like needs more drone shots. <laughs> yeah, my note uh, to, to Rob from Step Brothers or whatever it was, this film is a prison on planet bullshit. <laughs> 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 but at the same time let's just say I'm going to go like rhetorical on you and just say uh, Adam in the alternate universe where this wasn't so well received do you think you would have the same attitude where you say look because all this, a lot of the same things would be true you pushed your boundaries you put you tried your best but do you think that like I know you said you were emboldened but do you think you, you, you're you the type of person who would have just said you know what I don't care o onwards and upwards yeah because lessons would still be learned the success is great but it's probably is it the defining as an artist i think we, we, you know once... like failures and failures and and successes it, do you think you was a person it would it would have defined you? I, I all of my friends and family will tell you i'm stupidly cocky so i think i would have just i'd have just loved it i would have just accepted the lessons you know i was like okay i know what i did wrong here here and here going into the next one i won't make those mistakes again i'll never make the same mistakes twice so um, that that means that if I you know if the first movie was a flop doesn't mean that the second one will because I won't I won't do the same thing again and mistakes are lessons learned yeah exactly yeah you win or you yeah. learn not yeah, you don't lose even successes like I said I'm sure if you had it all to do again you would still do stuff differently mm -hmm. because yeah good or bad stuff is always being learned yeah the the thing about positives is that like it gives you more trust in yourself when you want to make creative decisions so if you get a positive uh, review or if editor or some sort of response when you look at your uh, the next thing you go i want to make this decision the first time around if it wasn't so positive you might doubt yourself mm -hmm. but with a positive feedback or positive reaction I think it just allows you to have more trust in yourself when yeah. you want to kind of go, okay, I did that zombie scene. I did the horde scene. Now in the next one, I can, I know I can do something like that. Yeah. So yeah, I think the positivity and negativity does have a big effect, isn't it? The way your mindset, I know you said you're stupidly cocky, but like, but I think like, you know, if because of it's so positive, now you're going to like, okay, I can trust myself and I trust my process yeah. more. Actually, that might have been the difference between the two parallels because obviously a level of trust mm. is gained from is success. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you would have still been stupidly cocky. <laughs> yeah. yeah, either no matter what happened, if, if it was a success, which I, I I'd like to think it is, then I still I can still look at it and go, and I'm, I'm not just sitting there going, yeah, it's brilliant. You know, there are things, like, small things that I would yeah. change. I would tweak this and that, and um, don't rest on your laurels. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if when it's when it's I picture him with a grill that says K his. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Oh man! Next, sure. next time he comes on, he just all blinged out, like you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like you know, it's been it's it's it's. it's uh, yeah, my niece uh, sent me a message, a text, and she got an antigen test, and it's got the you know the corona like, and I was like, you finally got a positive test result. <laughs> That's the silver lining here. <laughs> Every cloud, you know? every cloud, every cloud, you're not, 
<laughs> yeah no you're gonna take the good from the bad and the bad from the good and then you're on the right track there's always something to, to to grow from so yeah definitely god man i wish we could pick your brain for tonight i really 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 wish we do but uh, we are we are a bit stuck for time but uh it, it's just what if i oh wait actually oh shameless well it's me it's me doing it so it doesn't count because i have no stock in uh despite the fact i should <laughs> in um but uh where would one get one of these jumpers hoodies that you were wearing <laughs> or where would one be able to interact with you and support you in your arts oh thanks very much uh for plugging that yeah no you can get these on uh, on followthedead.com and you go to the merch pa- the merch page on, uh, on that site. Um, you can either follow me uh, like we've got followthedead.com, um, and then we're follow the dead movie on Instagram and Facebook. My production company uh, is Wildstack Productions Limited, so you can go to wildstackproductions.com to see what else um, we're going to be getting up to. Um, there will be news hopefully about a sequel to Follow the Dead coming up um, uh, very soon. Um, and then yeah, it's Wildstack Media on uh, Instagram and Facebook. And then if you just want to follow me, Adam William Cahill, uh, uh, on, yeah, all the usual places. At Adam William Cahill on all the usual places. That's fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah, Adam, so it's uh, uh, for coming on. And, um, like, uh, we're hopefully uh, doing a zombie series in the new year, so we'd love to get you come back on. Yeah, if you'd be willing to talk to yeah. us again, man, we'd love that. Definitely. Guests choose, guess choose the movie. So you pick the movie, we'll just arrange in advance, and then we'll uh, break it down and have a laugh. Um you know, good, bad, good, bad, or indifferent. We're not looking for good or bad. Way. We're just looking for just looking anything, for <laughs> anything. That, uh, as long as it's zombie inclusive. Grand. I'm, <laughs> I'm down for sure, lads. Absolutely. Legend. Absolutely awesome. fantastic. <laughs> nice one, Adam. So uh, yeah, so I'll be in touch about that, and I'll uh, hit you up with a link when the episode comes out. And um, thanks for coming on. So uh, we uh, we get out of here. And um, so this was uh, MDK presents. I'm your host Vincent Green. I'm your host Noel John Tui. And we got Carmack in the back, and that was Adam Cale. And uh, check out Follow the Dead People. It's everywhere, and it's a lot of fun. See you next time. Right. Out. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>